What's up, everybody, and welcome to the latest edition of the Falcons Final Whistle podcast presented by Zaxby's. I'm Scott Baer alongside Taryn Walk and Tori McElhaney, and we are coming to you from Mercedes-Benz Stadium shortly after an unwelcome result for the home team, a 31-28 loss to the Minnesota Vikings that pushes... The Falcons below 500 for the first time all season. It was a loss that was characterized right at the top of Arthur Smith's press conference. The Falcons head coach said that it was a missed opportunity. I tend to agree with him. And over the course of the next 20, 25 minutes or so, uh, the three of us are going to break down what went wrong in this one, how a game that sure looked winnable on paper and definitely definitely looked winnable during the game uh, ultimately uh, ends up with an L next to it. Um, I mean, big picture, right? Missed opportunity. I don't think anybody's going to argue with that, right? But to say what went wrong, sure, that's a big question. I'm like, we're going to dissect it. But, you know, from a 5,000-foot view here, Tori, what did it look like? Where'd this thing go haywire? Um, I, I think, oh, that's always great, just starting with an um right off the bat. <laughs> um, I, think, I think for me – there was the only person who I, I could sit up here and say, I'm okay with their performance, was Young Waiku. Yeah. I, I don't think anybody else, and it goes from coaches to players, I think there's a lot of, from conversations that we had in the locker room, whether it was offensive or defensive players or, or coaches, Arthur Smith at the podium, I think that everybody knows that this was a loss, that there was, there was apparent issues from everybody. Maybe outside of Young Way. And when you can't consistently, and Arthur Smith said this in his post-game press conference, when you're not playing in sync, it makes things really difficult. It makes wins really hard to come by. When one group, one unit is playing really well, but the other doesn't back it up. And I even wrote in my notebook at some point, it's like for every good thing this team does, there's a counterpunch of something that goes wrong. Or something that just doesn't, not even goes wrong, but something that happens that is either misfortunate or you would like to have that moment back. And I think for me, that's the big picture is like at some point this team, the only way that it can reach its full potential is if it becomes a team that plays in sync when it becomes a team that the not so good moments don't outweigh the good moments. Do you think Going back to like your analogy there, where something good happens, something bad happens, is it one step forward, two steps back, or is it one and one? I guess it depends on the moment. And I think it depends on, you know, if you look at the the turnovers and you have Bajon Robinson fumble and then the defense gives up an 18-yard scramble from Josh Dobbs. That to me is, you know – three steps backwards yeah. and, and there's no, there's no good that, that comes from that. So it, I, I don't know. I, I don't think I can sit here and say, Oh, every single time something bad happens, it's two steps backwards or, or, you know, it offsets to me, it more, it more in line offsets each other. What really puts it in perspective for me, I remember turning to Scott at one point being like, how is this a one point game? Cause the Falcons at that point had, three, four scoring drives on the Vikings, but then the Vikings go, make one touchdown, and they're within a point. Yeah. It's because you just keep putting up field goals or a random safety. Well, here's the thing. I'll go back to something that one of my favorite people, Dean Pease, used to say all the time. He used to say, yards don't matter, touchdowns do. And nothing is more apparent to back up that statement as this Falcons team in the last few weeks where they are – 
if we're going total yards wise, they're putting up huge numbers in terms of how many yards they are accumulating as an office offense, but they are not punching the ball in. And it, at the end of the day, all of those yards to me are a waste of time. Oh yeah. Like I, yeah. I don't, I don't care. That's I, don't, fair. I don't care that you put up 400 total yards if you're not punching the ball in, because at the end of the day, touchdowns matter. And to be completely fair, Yards don't, and we have seen that over the last four games for this team where this team has gone and lost three of their last four. Yeah, and I think that it comes down to, you know, missed opportunity for the game overall, missed opportunities in specific with this game, mm-hmm. right? The defense gives you the ball on the one-yard line, and you, and the Falcons don't punch it in. How? Like uh, that, that was pretty mind. surprising. And mm-hmm. I, and I think that when you lose games like this and Tori, like we can go in like into more examples. Mm-hmm. Um, but like when, like when you lose games like this, everything gets questioned, right? Everything. And I think that the Falcons understand the nature of the business and the nature of the opportunity because they're going to have to hear on sports center and everywhere else on social media about some obvious facts. These, this Minnesota Vikings team did not feature Kirk Cousins. It did not feature Justin Jefferson. It did not even feature their starting quarterback, Jaron Hall. Who's Hall. A, yeah, who's a rookie, who, who, <laughs> nonetheless. Who's a rookie for, for more than one series. And Josh Dobbs comes in after being acquired earlier in the week with very few practices, with very few experience with these guys, and finds a way. Now, we've seen Josh Dobbs do these things before. Mm. But it's one of those things where you look at it on paper, in, in execution here, and that there are so many times where you could go back, right? Taryn and I were, were, were definitely talking about this, where you can go back and if you lose that game, you say, big red circle, right? This, w- this was a pivot point that, that didn't go their way. And ultimately, there were just too many of those. And Tori, as you wrote, right? Like there were a bunch of opportunities that they didn't cash in on and that the Vikings did. Yeah, so essentially, if you go back and look at it, and this is something that I, I wrote, and, and you can go back and read it because I think it lays it out better than how I'm going to speak it here. In in total, there were four turnovers in this game, two and two, mm-hmm. split between the two teams. And the Vikings actually scored 11 points off of those two turnovers for the Falcons, a fumble from Bajon Robinson and an interception by Taylor Heineke. The Falcons, on the other hand, had two turnovers, both – sack fumbles from Arnold Ebicati and David Onyemata, one of which Scott already said, Lorenzo Carter returns to the one. The other one, I believe, ended up on the Minnesota 30. Uh, so you're in great field position, even better field position, one could argue, than what the Vikings had when they got the ball on their two turnovers. And you put up six points in total. 11 minus six is five. The Falcons lost by three. There is a direct correlation by not capitalizing on those moments where the defense came up with a stop in the drive and you did not, as an offense, capitalize to the best of your ability, especially trying to punch it in from the one-yard line. And that is not the first time that the Falcons have been inside the five with four you know, with four plays to go to get into the – with goal to go. This is not the first time that this has happened. 
So that's what's frustrating is that this is not – that this is a reoccurring issue. And, yes, I understand that every game and every moment is an entity in and of itself. But the fact of the matter is the Falcons have been inside the five-yard line and have not punched it in on a few occasions this season, and that has to change. And I, and I think when you mean frustrating, I, I think that you're speaking for a lot of people in the locker room. They I, use I mean, that word. Yeah, I mean – Jake Matthews said there is no one in this locker room who is not frustrated. Yeah. So that's kind of like what we mean by that term is that that was expressed over and over and over again because Jeff Okuda said this too. They hold themselves to a high standard. And, and I think they don't believe that from what I grasped, they don't believe that they met that standard in this game. And ultimately, um, that did hurt them. And when you look at it, I think too often we sit here and we talk about critical mistakes, right, that, that we're over the halfway point. And we talk a lot about um, turnover ratio. We talk a lot about explosive plays allowed. And we talk about red zone e- efficiency or missed opportunities in the scoring zone. Um, those things have been talked about a lot. In wins, they are generally talked about as the Falcons overcame these issues, right? In losses, it's that they became a bit too insurmountable and ultimately that tipped the scales in the other direction. So, and that's, again, what I think was an issue in this game. I think that's why Arthur Smith says missed opportunity. And I think that's a perfect word, but you say missed opportunity enough and you're going to look around and I mean, the Saints offense seems to start, have, They've started to figure it out a, a little bit. They're now in, in yeah. first place. At some point, you're going to look around and you're not going to have any more opportunities to right. miss. Yeah, and and that, I think, is the real pivot point. And that's why hearing Calais Campbell speak, that wanting to challenge his teammates, wanting to really get back to work and understanding that they still believe in themselves, they still think that they can get there and get to a point of sync, using Arthur Smith's term. I feel like I've been talking forever. But sync is important, right, as they continue to move forward here. The one thing that we haven't talked about, as crazy as it is, is the news coming into this game was yeah. all about the quarterback. Yeah. And we haven't mentioned Taylor Heineke or, or or Desmond Ritter to this point because there were so many things. I was about to say, honestly, in the list of things that went wrong, quarterback wasn't really super top of my list. No. And I think that's why we're just now bringing it up at the, what, 15-minute mark of this podcast. There was right. an interception, but other than that, I feel like – Taylor did what he had to do, did his job. It wasn't like there were any huge – yes, it turned into Vikings points, but it's not like everything was in disarray every play. Yeah. I think, too, that when you look at Taylor Heineke's performance and compare it with kind of the – Norm of the season. Right, the norm of the season and also what Desmond Ritter, kind of the situations that he's been in over the fir- course of the first seven and a half games – that it didn't look all too different. It really didn't. I literally turned to Scott at one point. I was like, that could be Desmond Ritter out there, and you wouldn't know. Yeah. Right. It, di- it didn't feel any different. It didn't To me, it didn't really look any different. It wasn't like in the Tennessee game where Desmond Ritter comes out and Taylor Heineke comes in. And, then and it was a spark. It felt like there was a spark, and it felt like there was this huge difference in production. And I understand that in the second half – I think the play call looked a little different. Protection looked a little different. Um, Routes looked a little different. So I I do think – and the run game started to pick up, so that does help you as a quarterback. But when you look at this game in its totality against the Vikings, it was just kind of like – I don't – I mean, I don't think Desmond Ritter could have gone out there and and done – 
any better, any worse. You know, it right. felt very just like, yep, this is what it is. And I think that just goes back to the question of how the, the – how the not just the roster, but how this offense is constructed and how you can best get the most out of this offense that you've put together. Yeah, and Arthur Smith didn't want to name a starting quarterback for Week 10. Week 10. Taylor didn't want to comment on it either. Right. That's inter- – you know, and I'm, it could be another – it could be – that Arthur answers the question on Monday. He obviously he, – on Sundays, if you watch his press conferences, it's like he's replaying the game in his head. Like his brain is going like a million miles an hour. And then I think on Mondays after he's had a chance – and we've talked about this internally, mm-hmm. but then on, on Mondays he has had, had a chance to process it and he can be super objective. And I think um, we should get a lot of good insight, whether it's about the quarterback or just about this game – uh, on Monday. So Taylor Heineke, I will sorry, say this and I'll ask uh, Taryn this too. Like I know post game, Arthur talked a lot about Taylor Heineke being good on third down for, for this team. Uh-huh. And, and that was something that he Fif- went on 56%. Yeah. That's something that he, he said. And I was just curious to, to both of y'all when you were kind of analyzing his performance and even though touchdowns weren't scored, were there things that he did like what Arthur's saying, that third down, he, he did well in third down situations. The third down stat didn't necessarily pop off the charts for me. I mean, it's just over 50%. But what Taylor said was the last drive, but he was wrong, it was the second to last drive. But the second to last. Close enough. <laughs> he was close. Um, the last drive they finished was the touchdown with whoever ran it in. I don't know. Tyler. 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 Yeah, because it was Tyler, 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 yeah. Tyler. Bowling yeah. ball. Um, Her was awesome. He literally called that drive awesome. And you can see it was the best drive of the game out of either team because it had 13 plays, which tied for a game high. The uh, Vikings had a drive that went for 13 plays too. It went for 84 yards, which was a single-handedly game high. Is that how I want to say it? Yeah, no. let's go for that. But it's fine. And it ended in a touchdown. Gave them back the lead or put it at a tie. I don't know, all the numbers are jumbling in my head at this point. But, yeah. like, that's when they were flowing and in sync. That was the one moment in the game where the Falcons' defense – or, blah, offense mm-hmm. was in sync. But – I mean, let's go back. Too little, too late. Right. Well, let's go back and, and look at that drive. Taylor Heineke threw the ball one time. It was a 13-play drive. They ran the ball 12 times. And by the you mean Tyler Algier. It, I mean Tyler and Bajan, <laughs> yeah. Tyler, majority of the – once they got past the 50-yard line. But you run the ball – with 11 design runs, Taylor Heineke squeaked out for a scramble, which counted as a run. So 12 of the 13 are run plays. And they were efficient as heck. Seven, nine, 13, yeah. seven, so nine. You for, know? for that, it kind of it gave you remnants of the 2022 Falcons team that were just like, we're just going to go run the ball down the everybody's throats, do what they want to do. And – there's a part of me that wants to get back to that. There's a part of me that when you're on the one-yard line, and I'm not being critical, though I kind of am, but like when I you – I was going to say, Arthur Smith here. was asked specifically about the play calling. Right, that yeah. yeah. That drive that landed in the touchdown from Algier, he had seven carries in that drive alone. He finished with 12. Wow. That's wild. Um, yeah, so it's, it's, it's just one of those things where, it again, I think the Falcons had every right to feel – good coming out of it and I when like when you look at the quotes and hear words like uh frustrating and this one stings and missed opportunity I I feel like the I feel like the players and coaches really um encapsulated that well and I, I think that that's an important thing another important thing for you 
uh, everybody, the Falcons had four sacks. Guess what that means? That means that because this podcast is brought to you by Zaxby's, they got four sacks, which means that you can go to any Atlanta area Zaxby's for a buy one, get one big Zach snack meal the day after the game. So that's Monday. For those of you listening right now, use the code ATLSAC23. I feel like since two of the four sacks were actually strip sacks, that you should get like a cookie uh, right. for like one of those. And, you know? and strip sacks with a chicken safety. strips. I mean, I, yeah, with, like with a safety. Well, that wasn't yeah. a fumble, but still, there was a sack with, the, well, Still counts. Well, uh, I'm just those are stop three of the it. four. Honestly, in terms of sack production, you get two strip sacks and you get a safety. That's a pretty dang good. I day. want somebody to make a gif of Calais Campbell doing the cone dance, the safety dance. You mean? Oh yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah. Doing, the, I'm doing the dance. Yeah, you okay. can't see, but you can't see. Glory I can, can I see. Can see. It, it's nice. Yeah, that was the uh, <laughs> that was the. His the third sack of his career. He's, he's one off tying the NFL record. His third safety. Um, yeah. I, yeah, his third. Safety. He is at 102. Right. <laughs> Everybody's mind is scrambled. There has been a lot going on, and you know what? Um, is there anything else that we need to kind of address here? How about this? Look. Can I hit my fun stat? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do it. Ooh, kicker Youngway Koo is responsible for 43.3 percent of the Falcons' points this year in total. He has single-handedly been responsible for 72 points. The Falcons have put up 166 overall. Wow. Here's the thing about that stat is like, I, and I'm just like, uh, ugh. I'm just like shaking with like anticipation or whatever. But like with that stat, it's like, great. Yippee for Youngway. I'm really but happy. that's for, not how this is supposed to work. Right. I'm really happy for <laughs> Youngway Koo. I think Youngway Koo is great. I'm so, I think Atlanta Falcons fans should be so excited and so happy that they have Youngway Koo as their kicker. But, but touchdowns matter touchdowns. more. Touchdowns. You turn Six l- points. one of those field goals into a touchdown, Falcons win. You feel so different. And that's what I wrote. So you feel so different if you're punching the ball in. Again, I'm right. going, like, ooh. You think he ices his game – or ices his game. Ices his leg – after a game with four field goals? With a 52-yarder, a 54-yarder, right. of super long uh, PAT. Yeah. <laughs> this guy was <laughs> automatic That's the why whole he should thing. become a switch kicker, so you don't wear one leg out. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, We're, this thing is going off the rails. You should definitely. end it now. Uh, but I do want to just, just for notes, right, because we were talking about uh, play calls uh, down by the one, right? Just uh, Arthur Smith was saying that, that – uh, they were trying to get outside because the Vikings moved their goal line front. They stunted it and tried to bully up. It's a thing that they've done. They wanted to get outside. We didn't get outside, and that's what they were trying to do. That's why they were trying to kind of extend things outward. That's what he said about that specific thing. Right. Um, so I, just moving forward, obviously, it's it's one of those things where it's about reacting well. It's <laughs> I don't know this to be true, but it's very possible that Kyler Murray makes his debut on Sunday. Well, here's the thing. Don't let one loss become two losses. And, at and this that's point, the most important thing. At this point, the loss to Tennessee bled in, I think, to this loss against the Vikings. So don't let two losses become three losses. I think Taylor Heineke said it best. He said, this week is really going to test our character because it's right before the bye. Yeah. You are off back-to-back losses. You don't want to go into the bye with three. Yeah. And you would be six and four at that point. And then you're just sitting around for a week. Mm-hmm. Right. That You, you, you want to go out on high note. You want to keep pace with with uh, New Orleans, which is the only team in the NFC South above 500 right now. Um, and Jeff Okuda 
also talked about this, and he says, this team, I have no doubt in my mind that we're going to have a proper response in Arizona next week. It will be fascinating to see what the Falcons do and say over the course of the practice week as they head towards their lone West Coast Western Western trip, let's call it that. Uh, <laughs> there's no ocean in Arizona. Um, and we will see how they respond to this. They do need to get back on track. And I think it's definitely possible with the talent and the collection of coaches that they have. I think they're built for this. We're going to find out if they are. Um, Scott, for Tori and Taryn, we will talk to you again next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.